Hello, and thank you for joining us on our Fort Road Victory Church podcast. If you'd like to learn more about us or get connected, please head to our website at frvc.ca. Now on with the sermon. Well, good morning, everyone. Thank you again for tuning into our channel. Uh, Week 10. Boy, it's been a long time. And I know that we've kind of been moving forward in our own personal lives and getting things accomplished in our homes and gardens and keeping everything together that needs to be done. But boy, I'm I'm missing church. I don't know about you, but I hope you're missing church. I hope you're missing the fact that we were meant to get together. We were meant to have relationship, not online. I mean, yes, there's going to be people that will stay online, but I think that for most of us, we're really missing the, the ability to, to see each other in person and to handshake and give each other hugs and, and just to be there to say, hey, I'm praying and can I pray for you right now on the spot? And it's a little bit difficult with everything still in, in restriction. So those of you who don't know, we're still going to be following the restrictions and waiting until possibly phase two when they allow us to open up the church in in greater numbers than what they're allowing us right now. So today I want to talk about Pentecost Sunday because today is Pentecost Sunday and what was it all about? What was it all about back then and how does it correlate for us today that are are still seeking God as to God what is it that you're trying to accomplish? What is it that you want to do in, in this days? So remember that Pentecost was a fulfillment of prophecy. Yeah, prophecy. There was a prophetic word that had gone out about about Pentecost back in the days of John the Baptist. And he says here in in Matthew chapter 3, verse 11, I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. The interesting thing about that is when John the Baptist had his ministry, long before Jesus was already out and and performing his miracles and before he was out in public, John the Baptist was already performing a ministry of ministering to people, telling them that Christ was coming, telling them to repent, telling them to change their lives and and to get baptized in water. So now here's the funny thing is he's adding this statement about he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. The Holy Spirit baptism is not just for apostles, not for people who are um, have a Bible college degree or a, a doctorate. No, it was for anybody. Back then, the people that were listening to John the Baptist were just your ordinary people that were living in the countryside, farmers and people who lived in the rural areas. And they were hearing and listening to this gospel of, of Jesus Christ coming, and they wanted to be a part, part of that. And so when they heard this, they would just get in there and line up and want to be baptized. So again, that was a fulfillment of the prophecy. But here, Jesus states it again in Acts chapter 1, verse 5. He says in verse 5, For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Again, fulfillment of prophecy back then. It was something that was prophesied and the people knew it was going to happen. So what I want to do is try and correlate this, this whole Pentecost so that we we aren't Jews and so for people who don't understand the Jewish festivals and and what happens you know the 50 days and all the harvests and all that stuff we just know that something big happened at Pentecost back then but it still relates to us what are we waiting for what are we excited about you know um, I know that there's been a lot of people praying maybe it's the time of, of, the, of the Lord's coming back and rapturing the church wouldn't that be great you know, and, and, and that's something that could very well happen, but we don't know. We just know that the season is there, the timing is right, but we don't know when God's going to actually fulfill that. But in the meantime, here we are 
And let's, let's try and, and dig into the Word of God to find out how this Pentecost applies to us today. So he says in Acts uh, chapter 1 verse 8, it says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. This is Jesus Christ talking to his apostles, right? He's telling them, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. You will receive power, he says, and then you will be my witnesses. Notice that order. You will receive power, and then you will be my witnesses. Not the other way around where you will be my witnesses, and then you will receive power. Because you have to remember, they were already witnesses. But here Jesus refers to it as you receive power and then you become witnesses. But you remember that the disciples had already lived with him, had hung around with him for over three and a half years. And so they understood that they were already witness to all the miracles, witness to the teachings, witness to the things that, that Jesus Christ had done. But it's funny how Jesus states this as though they weren't witnesses yet. Right? He says, you will receive power and then you will be my witnesses. So it's almost that he negated everything back that they had already learned from him. But here's the thing. He wasn't negating it. What he was trying to say is, you are going to receive power and then you will be my witnesses with that power. A lot of times we try to go about our lives and go about and, and, and share the gospel with people. But do we do it in our own strength or do we actually ask God, God, give me the power to do this. Holy Spirit, would you empower me so that I might be able to pray with somebody when I'm out there in a lineup, when I'm out there talking to somebody at the at the store, at the at the clerk, at the cashier, whatever. Give give us an opportunity, but again, not in our own strength, God, but in the strength and power of Holy Spirit. So remember that 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 today, if we consider ourselves believers, then Holy Spirit is here to empower us. He empowered them back then, and when John the Baptist had said this prophecy, it was to ordinary men and women. So we, who are ordinary men and women, guess what? That's available to us today. Yes, you and I, we can be standing at the grocery store, we can be standing in that lineup outside in the heat, waiting to get into a store, and we could be looking for somebody that just needs to see an encouragement, hear an encouragement from somebody who believes in Jesus Christ, say, guess what? I know what you're going through, hang in. You know, and maybe it'll be an opportunity for us to pray for them. You ever wonder that? It could be an opportunity for you who probably doesn't think, oh, I don't know if I can do that in a lineup. It's not you. If you are going to be given that opportunity, it'll be because the Holy Spirit has empowered you. So the disciples received power first and then they went out. Peter received power first and then he preached this incredible sermon. We receive power, then we do something. We don't go do something and then ask for power. And yet, a lot of times I do that and you do that. We go and do something and then we're realizing that nothing came out of it because we did it in the power of our own strength, right? We, we, we have this go do as opposed to do it in power, then go. Get power first, then go and do it. So the power from God, the power from on high, the power to witness, the power to act, the power to live, the power to show forth this divine manifestation of God doesn't come from us. It, it is within us, but it comes from the Holy Spirit. So think about this. The power of God will take you and I out of our own plans and our own agendas and put us into the plan of God. That's what happened to these guys who were ordinary. It took them out of their own plans. Remember that they're hearing Jesus say, you're going to be witnesses here in Jerusalem and all the way to the ends of the earth. Well, 
they're thinking to themselves, my gosh, how long is this going to take me to do this? But they're not realizing that if they are empowered by Holy Spirit, this is going to take not, you know, I don't know how long it would take them, but, but obviously we're here today because they were obedient to recognizing that they just had to be, they t- to go out with that power and then go share and witness. So many times we want God's power to accomplish a lot of things that are really fulfilling our own plans. And I see, I catch myself doing that a lot of times, you know, and we want the plan, our plan, but then we want to put God into that plan as opposed to, God, we want to do your plan. We want to fulfill your plan. Many times we want God to, to, to just take us from hardship and make life comfortable for us so that we don't have to face hardship. And yet I believe that hardship is part of God's plan for all of us so that we can see him work through it. This has been 10 weeks of tough living for a lot of us. I never imagined this for me as a pastor of a church. This is not what I envisioned in our in the ministry that God gave me. I don't want to be a televangelist, and yet this is what I'm doing at the, at this current moment. And yet we open ourselves to say, "Hey, give us your prayer request so we can pray with you when you're online afterwards." And Pastor Shelley, come come with me, and 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 we pray and speak with you. Give us those prayer requests. We're with you online to be able to to do that and pastor you online, not just to to be watched and then that's the interaction. So let me get back to this message. So the Lord wants to change you and I, and put His mind where our mind is so that it will enable us to have the mind of Christ. So instead of laboring and working towards accomplishing our own plan, it's working so that we're accomplishing God's plan with the power that he empowers us through the Holy Spirit, right? And again, it's part of his good pleasure that he would empower us in the first place to be able to do these things that are his will. But we need to come to that place where you and I, where I am tired of living in my own power and strength because yes i'm human you're human we run out of gas midday i don't know some people run out of gas mid-morning mid-breakfast but god wants to empower us so that we can do what we have to do for that day not through our own strength but through his strength through the power of the holy spirit so let's go back i believe that this 10-day waiting period that the apostles had to do was so that they when they met in that upper room it was a, a time given to them to be able to empty themselves of their agenda their personal struggles with each other uh whatever it is that was going on it became an inner struggle of their will their emotions and their thoughts that was wanting to rule oh jesus said i'm going to be a witness here in jerusalem but also to the end of the year so now they're already thinking and Jesus wanted them to wait there to be able to empty themselves so they don't try to come up with how this is going to happen and just wait for the power and once the Holy Spirit came upon them they would know they would immediately know where to go how to do what to say how to meet with people how to how to be able to give this message of, of hope and and of the gospel of Jesus Christ to them so people would receive and guess what 2,000 years later you and I are here because they waited patiently for no, they knew they needed more than their own power they needed something super supernatural in their lives that would reach 2,000 years later to you and I. That's amazing. That is so amazing. So here we are. We've been in this lockdown now for 10 weeks. And yes, I call it a lockdown. It really is. It's not considered joyful living or or living a normal life. 
we're having to watch where we go and watching for arrows so we don't go against arrows watching for people so we don't touch them accidentally it's it's this is not normal this is not normal i don't care what people think this is not normal this is not what the church was meant to be and we're, we're missing that that human touch that that human interaction with each other that's closer than two meters we were meant to be within one another so we can hug, we can, we, can, we can embrace, we can pray and lay hands on one another. And we're not given that opportunity right now. So it is, it is a lockdown. I look at this. So I, I believe that we're, we're waiting and we're, we're wanting this, this release from this social prison. But why? You know, think about this. Why? Why do you want it? Why do I want it? I want it because I know that God wants to empower you and I to go out and do more than what we've done in the in the comfort of our own home. You know, finally, when 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 the apostles were humbled to realize that, boy, I would have done this on my own strength. I, I can't do this on my own strength. It's the same with us. When we come to that realization that we have nothing in ourselves to be able to empower us out there after we are released from this social lockdown, then we need to ask God for that power that this, the Holy Spirit gave them back then 2,000 years. It's still available to us. Remember that it's still available to us today. It was God's will, remember that, that it was God's will that the disciples were quarantined themselves for 10 days, right? Because they knew they had this incredible mission from Jerusalem all the way to the ends of the earth. So. It wasn't as easy as, oh, go, gosh, we'll do that. That's not, not a problem. They were thinking in their, their heads, how are we going to do this? You know, that's quite intimidating. I, I can understand them, them thinking, oh, Jerusalem's going to be a piece of cake. But remember, they're going to Judea, Samaria, where they were hated, and then to the, the ends of the earth, where who knows, you know? And, and how are they going to accomplish that? What's it going to be like to go to the end of the earth? What do they eat? What, do, what kind of language and cultural barriers are they going to be faced with? And I look at this and I read this and I thought, if this is so typical of even when I go on a mission trip and I ask people, would you come and join me? Some people are like, oh, Pastor Paul, I don't know if I, I can come with you. What are we going to eat? Where are we going to sleep? How are we going to stay? Are the bugs big? You know, are we going to get bit by something? Or, or, you know, and I said, you know, God takes care of all those details. How are we going to accomplish praying for people when we don't speak the language? And I've had to work with that. You, you, you come up to somebody and you don't have an interpreter with you and you just say, Holy Spirit, would you make this clear to them so they understand in their spirit what I'm praying for. And God always comes through because he knows that when we make ourselves available to be his witnesses, we don't have the power in our own strength. We don't have the power in this, in this physical body to do it. So he needs to empower us. So again, ask for power, then go do what God wants us to accomplish. So it's, it's interesting that we naturally think that we're ineffective in ministering to other cultures. But God, again, comes through with any, any barrier that we set ourselves up for. You talk to anybody who's been on a mission trip, any, anybody who's come with me will tell you, boy, I didn't know what to expect, but God always shows them something of his nature that, that shows it wasn't about you. It's always going to be about him and his power. So what the apostles lack in boldness and us, you and I, what we lack in the boldness of our character is coupled with the, the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. And guess what? They were unstoppable. So for you and I, we become unstoppable in what God wants us to accomplish in His will when we recognize that we have His power. So it's God's will that we've been experiencing this quarantine as well, so that when we are released from this completely, 
guess what? We are empowered not to just live the same way, not to go back to our ordinary lives, but really to understand that outside of this four walls that you've been living on in, you have people that you can affect. Again, don't think of it as, oh my gosh, that's going to be such a hard thing to do. Think of, God, I need power to do this. And now let me step into it so that I can accomplish what you want to accomplish for your will. You know what boldness is? It's really just being bold in your faith, taking a risk, being confident that God's going to follow through when you take that step of faith. When you take that step into the unknown, you don't have the power to see what the outcome is, but God does. But you have the power to trust Him. You have the ability to trust Him that when you take that step, He's not going to He's not going to let let go of you and I go hide. He's going to walk you through and walk with you in whatever it is. So take courage that when this is all over, I believe that opportunities are going to pop up here and there. Regular opportunities that you would have missed a long time ago or that you wouldn't have thought twice before. Opportunities for you and I to start to minister Jesus Christ to the lives of people who have been closed in, who have been just feared and, and, and just living in fear and just enclosed in such fear. We've got to break through that, right? The Bible tells us that we've not been given a spirit of fear, but of, of love, power, and a sound mind. So we have that. Now, power. Power is there for us too, so that we can minister to these who are so fearful. You know they, who they are. You see them when you're in the grocery store. You see them when you're driving around. People, there's so much fear in people. They don't know how to deal with this. They're, they're thinking that this is a new normal. This is not a new normal. We're still in lockdown. That's not normal. Being locked down, being socially distanced from each other is not normal. We have to figure out, okay, God, as long as this is happening, there's something that you're doing so that when this finally opens up, you and I can be an incredible witness for him. So can you and I use more boldness? I know I sure can. I hope you can. I hope if you look back, you know, 10 weeks ago to where you are today and before that, were you as bold as you could be? I know I could use more boldness. I, know, I see the opportunities that I miss on, on, on almost every day when I walk by and I think, man, I could have said something to that clerk. I could have said something to that person helping me at Home Depot or at Walmart. I could have just been a little more encouraging and say, hey, it's okay. We're going to get through this, you know, and, and hopefully that would open the conversation for them to say, how do you know that? And that's, that's what we got to do is, is find a way that we can get the questions asked so that they'll say, how do you know that? And we do know. We do know through Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit. So here's the thing. A lot of us will make excuses. Oh God, you know, I just, you know, Pastor Paul's saying this, this stuff and it's right, but it's just not me. I'm really shy and I don't have that kind of personality. I'm, an, I'm a real introvert. Jesus Christ didn't save you because of your personality. He didn't save you for your personality. He didn't save you to keep your personality. He saved you so that you would be a bold witness for him, right? So here's the thing. The first thing was the power. Here's the next will. I said there was two wills of Pentecost. The first one was you will receive power. The second one is you will be my witnesses. So Acts 2 verse 14 says, But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. So he continues to preach about Jesus Christ to complete strangers, people that were just there. That, that were mocking and the critics and the haters all showed up and telling them and calling them out and calling them flaky and saying, you're a bunch of drunks, you know, it's so early in the day that you're already drunk. And yet, here's the thing, Peter had their attention. 
Peter had their attention. Why? Because he was already empowered and all he had to do was just begin to preach. Because you have to remember Peter from a couple months prior to this, right? Peter was denying Christ. Sheepish in the crowd, whenever he'd get called out, he'd kind of, you know, hide back in the crowd or take off. He was embarrassed. This is not the same Peter anymore. Why? Because now he was filled with power from the Holy Spirit. And he begins to preach this incredible sermon. And if you go down to Acts chapter 2, verse 40 and 41, look what it says. It says, Then Peter continued preaching for a long time. He had their attention. He could have gone and he kept on going, but he had their attention. And he says, and it's strong, he's strongly urging all his listeners, save yourselves from this crooked generation. He told them the truth. You guys are going nowhere, right? And he says, those who believe what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. And it's only talking about those who believed what Peter said. Can you imagine how big that crowd was? Let's just say it was 3,500 or 10,000. But out of that, the first church was birthed with a 3,000 congregation. So here's Peter. He went from being flaky to being on fire. He went from being wishy-washy to being radical and being addicted to Jesus. He went from saying who Jesus is to preaching to thousands about what Jesus had done. He went from denying Jesus to leading thousands to Jesus. When we read of, of Peter's account, we tend to think of how the Holy Spirit could use us for something big. Like, don't look at it as, oh, well, that was Peter. That was for Peter. God could use you in the same way that he used Peter if you and I are just available and say, I want that same power. I want that same power. I want to be able to be able to, to speak to a crowd and people would listen and would be cut to the heart and give their life to Jesus Christ. So remember, witnessing to others is about Christ. And it's, a, and it's personal, right? It's, it's more than, than what you know. It's, it's who you know. What Peter was talking about was witnessing about someone he knew, not what he knew about Jesus, but, but what Jesus had, had, had encountered with him and, and what he knew of who Jesus is. Because a lot of times we'll, we'll try to, you know, share our testimonies and, and, then, and then people start to ask us these questions and, and we get stuck and, and we try to answer questions that are beyond us instead of who we know Jesus to be. We start to, well, you know, try to prove this or that. I'll get into this a little, in a little bit, you know. So the testimony that we should to share is about Christ and not about us. Because we can get stuck trying to share, oh, I was this and I was that. Yes, they want to hear that, but let them know who Jesus is. Let them know that Jesus is love. Jesus came down and he, he was Christ. He was Messiah. He was the Lord who lived and died and rose again, right? The whole purpose of the book of Acts of the Apostles is that the apostles were witnesses of the resurrected Jesus Christ. And from there, they kept testifying that Jesus Christ is alive. That's all it was about, right? So witnessing is testifying that the Lord secured our forgiveness through his death and his resurrection. A new covenant, not just that he died and that, you know, but that he died and he resurrected as well. Again, I said this earlier, many times we're trying, we get caught when we start witnessing and people start asking us questions. Well, you know, what about this doctrine? And, and is there really a hell? And, and what about these prophecies? And what about the history of the Bible? Or what about Noah's Ark? And you know what, that, that's all good, but we're going to get away from it. We need to be witnesses of Jesus Christ and the power that lives in us because he lived, he died, and rose again. 
not whether Noah's Ark was real or that Jonah and the whale is something that was more than a story, you know, or people are asking us, oh, do you think this is, you know, we're going to see Jesus return right now? We don't know that time, you know, which it was still, people are going to ask, well, how do you know that was a miracle when he turned, you know, water into wine or he fed 5,000? We don't, we, we know that that was true just because of the eyewitness accounts, but we'll get stuck trying to prove something that was already proven because these were eyewitnesses. The apostles were eyewitness to what Jesus Christ had done. So there's no need to try and argue whether or not that's true. That happened already, right? So get away from the arguments and, and you know, whether or not the virgin birth was right or, or the resurrection actually happened. We have it documented in our Bible and our Bible is is, is a historic Bible, is a historic word as and book that other documents can also um, verify. So remember that. So finally, Remember that receiving the power of the Holy Spirit is not just a one-time event like it happened back then. Remember, it's for us as well today. It's a witness that He is the way, the truth, and the life. And not that it was just one time for the apostles and then it passed away. There's some that believe that. And unfortunately, I don't read that in my Bible. Right? If John the Baptist said that he we will be baptized with the Holy Spirit, it wasn't just for the apostles. It was for the regular people. Well, here we are. We're regular people. We're just thousands of years later. That is for us as well, right? So this is an ongoing experience that we need to be asking for. Not just that one time that they did, but every day when we step into the car, when we step back into work, look for an everyday possibility that the supernatural could happen. Ask for power, then step out and do what God is pointing you to. A lot of times, what He's pointing you to, you're seeing You've seen that person at that office. You've seen that person at that desk. You've seen that person down at the cafeteria. These are people that we could minister to, but with the power of the Holy Spirit in us, right? So again, there's no way that the disciples could witness in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria all in one day, again, and to the ends of the earth. When Jesus said that, I can't imagine the disciples thinking, okay, I got to get you know, I got this power now, but I got to go do this all in one day. He knew that this was going to take time, right? That's why we are here today, 2,000 years later, still continuing the mission. Because that mission was going to be ongoing. And again, unfortunately, some people believe that the Holy Spirit was just given that one time and no longer. And it's sad because today, here we are. We're remembering and we're reminded of Pentecost Sunday. I believe for you and I that when this thing whatever this this lockdown is going to be released and we can finally get back to some sort of normalcy which i don't think we'll ever see i think we are going to be empowered if you use this time now we're coming into you know really pentecost is 50 days since passover if you use this time wisely and i ask that we would be praying and fasting this last week i believe god's going to empower you if you really truly seek in the power of the holy spirit in your life i believe that when you step out i believe that when you get to your job site when you get to your office when you get to your neighbors if you're not working right now ask him ask him for that power it's not just a one-time thing that happened already it's for us today I hope you're encouraged. I mean, we've got to be confident that there was something that God was stirring us for. And it's been stirring in my heart, right? And whether the rapture happens today or tomorrow or whatever from now, we still have an opportunity right now. And it really has to be something of an urgency for all of us who call ourselves believers in Jesus Christ. An urgency to minister to those who are still lost, to minister to those who are still rebellious, to those who don't want to hear it. We've got to minister God's love. 
He does not want anyone to perish without having eternal life. That's all I have to say. And, and you know, it's our will against the two wills of Pentecost. Two wills, you will receive power and then you will be witnesses of Jesus Christ. Those come against our personal will, which wants to say a lot of times, mm, I don't have it in me. I'm not that type of person. Let that go and ask God to empower you. Ask God to show you that you can be a witness. Would you bow your heads with me in prayer? Father, I thank you. I thank you that you are God. I thank you that you've released me from trying to play God, from trying to be God in situations, that it is you that is going to make things work out in the end, but that you are calling us even now so much more to come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ and the power that is afforded to us as believers, that we would, we would step out, step out knowing that we've been empowered already, that we cannot step out in our power. It's just not enough. It's not enough to accomplish what you have for us. May that be our prayer. And for those who are listening who still do not believe and who are still questioning, I pray, Holy Spirit, you would use your power to soften their hearts, that they would hear these words that Jesus Christ loves them and that they would receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. They would, they would in, their, in their living rooms or in front of their computers, they would recognize, boy, I'm lost. I'm lost in my confusion. I'm lost not knowing what's going to happen tomorrow. I fear what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. Would they just stop and just say, but I believe the words that pastor just said, that Jesus Christ came, lived, died and rose again. Why? So that forgiveness could be afforded to me, that eternal life could be mine. That's all you have to do. If you're listening right now and you don't know who Jesus is, would you just accept him? Accept that you are in need of a savior believe the Lord Jesus Christ came for you because he loves you and confess him as your Lord and Savior. I ask that you would just be welcomed into the family of God. And I ask this in Jesus name. Amen. I hope you're encouraged. Would you just continue to make your comments? And again, when we come back on with my wife, please let us know who we can pray for in your, in your circle, maybe your neighbor, Maybe you're working and you do see people that are, are fearful. Let's pray for them. Let's pray. Let's see what God's going to do. I know that maybe you've tried and you've given up. Maybe it's not the right time or whatever. But I believe Pentecost was the right time that Jesus Christ said that it, we would be empowered. And here we are. It's Pentecost. Let's walk in that power. We've got to display it. We can't just say, oh yeah, I've got the power, but do nothing with it. Would you be challenged on doing that? Stay tuned. We're going to have a great time talking. God bless you. Well, we hope you got a lot out of today's sermon. If you'd like to connect with us, please feel free to check out our website at frvc.ca. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Have a great day, everyone.